Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What have you seen that changed your life? Good or bad, it was something so profound that when it happened, you had to tell others about it. You simply could not stop yourself. It marked a moment in time. We recently remembered the terrorist attacks of 9-11. I can still remember that day where I was as the planes hit the first tower, approaching State Road 38, on State Road 38, approaching Little Chicago Road on my way home from working a night. I can still remember when the second plane hit. I was in my family room in front of the TV while Debbie was getting ready to walk out the door to work. And when the first tower collapsed, I was pulling into the parking lot at Carmel Lutheran Church to drop off my girls. I got out of the car and there were others there getting kids out of cars and taking them in. They had not heard. You could tell it as you listened to their conversations. They were still talking about workouts, where they might go and get a cup of coffee in a few minutes, and, oh, Sally's doing better. Thank you very much for asking. I had to tell them. There's been a terrorist attack in New York City. Commercial airliners have flown into the World Trade Center, and one of the towers just now collapsed. They looked at me in disbelief, but soon they heard it again from others, the radio, the TV, and they believed. Their world was changed, like mine, and they too will not likely forget that day. I doubt many of you have forgotten if you are now older than about 28 years of age. A woman, a widow, has lost her only child. I say child because if you have a child, even if they're 22 or 45, they're still your child. He is her world, and really what is holding her world together. Without him, she likely has little means of support. He is dead, and she along with others have prepared his body to be entombed. His hair has been cut off, his nails trimmed, his body washed, anointed, and wrapped likely in linen, nothing fancy. In her mourning, she sits on the floor and does not eat meat or drink wine. Any small meal she might have in her time of mourning before the burial would be without prayer and at a neighbor's house or at least with her facing away from the body of her son. There have been mourners hired, as was the custom, along with those that know her that make up the procession that will leave the house. Her son is likely lying in a long wicker-like basket with poles through it, through the base, to allow it to be carried. There are most likely musicians, again, nothing fancy, possibly as simple as small chimes or tambourines. The beer, a basket, is lifted up and carried by friends. It is a bit of a walk out of the city to the tomb, so the beer changes hands as they, come, as they become fatigued. This also gives the honor of carrying the deceased to as many as possible. In the minds of some, the soul of her child is possibly thought to be hovering over the procession until the body is settled in the tomb. There was little knowledge of the afterlife among Jews, just enough to be afraid, but not to offer consolation. Then there is the uncertainty of what her life will be without her son. A considerable crowd from the town follows behind the bier. Most of us, having had to bury loved ones, can relate to this scene. 
There are often no words. So sorry for your loss. If we can do anything, or you simply weep with them. The procession, according to tradition, is led by an orator, a speaker that proclaims the good deeds of the dead, her son. She is following the bier behind her and the considerable crowd in tow. Her grief is overwhelming. Even with the pageantry of the procession, there is nothing to console her heart. Seeing the funeral procession and being part of the crowd following was not an unusual thing, just as it is not unusual for us today. The exception would be that any and everyone might join the procession to grieve with the mother. It had happened over and over, though. Nothing remarkable, really. Another had died. Then the crowd encounters another crowd, a large crowd, great crowd, following Jesus, Jesus who is coming from Capernaum. We are told from Scripture, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. His guts moved. He had a totally human feeling we get when our gut turns inside us. It's the feeling you get when you hear of someone's terrible injury or misfortune. My brother cut his leg with a chainsaw. I mean, your gut just turns. He said to her, do not weep. Cyril of Alexandria said in homily 36, some 400 years after Christ walked the earth, the dead man was being buried and many friends were conducting him to his tomb. Christ, the life and resurrection, meets him there. He is the destroyer of death and corruption. He is the one in whom we live and move and are. He is, he is who has restored the nature of man to that which it originally was and has set forth our death-fraught flesh from the bonds of death. He had mercy upon the woman, and that her tears might be stopped, he commanded, saying, Weep not. Immediately the cause of her weeping was done away. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. What would you do? What if you were in that crowd? What if you were following in the procession, ten cars back, and all of a sudden someone stops it, opens the coach carrying the casket, touches it, and says, young man, I say to you, arise. And he does. We can scarcely imagine such a thing. But it happened. It's true. Remember, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God who swallows up death and destroys it, raises the widow's son from death and gives him life again to glorify God and give proof that he, the Christ, has been sent by the Father in heaven. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. Fear? A dead man's life was just restored, and he was returned to his mother, alive. And not likely, and, and likely not just alive, but with whatever it was that took his life, cured. They were stunned, shocked, and in awe. 
None of them began the day with any thought that this would be how it might end. That they would meet Jesus. God come down from heaven and witness the miracle of life restored. They could not contain the news as it spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. The news of the attacks on 9-11 spread quickly. Around the entire world in a few hours, life was changed. It was a major reset in the way we looked at our lives, families, national security, and worldly threats. As Christians, the happenings on that day in Nain are life-changing for us still today. God entered his creation to save us sinners. Jesus raised the widow's son, not just so they would know he was the Christ, but so all in heaven and on earth would know the truth, that death is defeated. The widow's son is a wondrous sign, but Jesus' death and resurrection proves that death has no power over Christ, our Savior. And as baptized children of God, baptized into the death of Christ at the font, we share in that resurrection. It is fully ours, and sin has no power over our lives that are hidden in Christ Jesus. In much the same way, Jesus touched the son's beer, taking death and uncleanliness unto himself and giving life. He has done that for us. He has taken all our sin upon himself and to the cross that we may have life in him. Oh, but pastor, that was so long ago. Jesus was there then, but, but today, today, Jesus comes for you. Today, Jesus comes in his sacrament, and we give thanks and we praise him for this life-giving gift. And the sanctus that is part of our service of the sacrament, we sing, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. And that is Sabaoth, not Sabbath, not Lord of rest, but Lord of war, Lord of, of all the angels in heaven, of all the hosts. Heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he, blessed is he, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. This is because Christ is truly present. He is the one that comes in the name of the Lord to us sinners. Body and blood, under the bread and wine, for the forgiveness of our sins and strengthening of our faith in this life. It is life-changing. It's a life-changing thing to receive. Again, Pastor um, Cyril says, Christ raised him who was descending to his grave. The manner of his raising is plain to see. He touched, it says, the bier and said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. How was not a word enough for raising him who was lying there? Was it so difficult to it or past accomplishments? What is more powerful than the word of God? Why then did he not work the miracle by only a word, but also touched the beer? It was, my beloved, that you might learn that the body of Christ is productive for the salvation of man. The flesh of the Almighty Word is the body of life and was clothed with his might. Consider that iron, when brought into contact with fire, produces the effects of fire and fulfills its function. The flesh of Christ also has the power of giving life, 
and annihilates the influence of death and corruption because it is the flesh of the Word who gives life to all. May our Lord Christ, who also touch us, that delivering us from evil works, even from fleshly lusts, he may unite us to the assemblies of the saints. Think on that. We confess it after communion. May the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. They're the pastor's words to you, and you, when you receive it, you give your amen, your yes, yes, let it be so. In the sacrament of the altar, you too encounter the living Christ who comes to touch you and lift you from the grave to eternal life. It's life-changing. When you read of the miracles of Christ, be they healing of a blind man, the cleansing of a leper, the raising of one from the dead, remember, he has done more for you especially now by his innocent suffering and death on a cross and his resurrection. He has had compassion and purchased you from sin, death, and the power of the devil with his own precious and eternal body and blood. This he brings down from heaven to you right here as the testament to his redemption of your flesh. It is heavenly and more life-changing than any earthly experience you will ever have. In the name of Jesus. Amen.